Okay, I don't have the sneeze, I guess. Alrighty, you ready? Yep. Oh, shit. I agree. Can you hear me good and yeah. can you not hear my fan? Yeah. Yeah, That's you're good. Perfect. I turned it up a notch this week because it's a little warmer, so I want to make sure you still get in there. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time for another edition of the Jack Mike and Sports Podcast. Uh, we are here without Slay this week. Partially my fault. Uh, I had some te- technical difficulties with a power outage on Wednesday night. So we had to record Thursday night and he couldn't be here, but that's okay. He's here in spirit. Uh, we, we miss you, buddy. Uh, come back soon. Uh, Slate is off to the NASCAR race this weekend. Uh, so he'll be bringing us live reports. I say live reports. He's going to talk to us next week about that. Uh, yeah. NASCAR is in... have no signal like at every other track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so NASCAR is in Pocono this weekend. We'll get to the Loudon review here in a minute. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, and finally, 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 it is time to talk our college football season previews. Uh, we're starting with a group of five conferences this week, just getting them out of the way. Uh, before we get to the meat and potatoes with the power five conferences, we'll start with the ACC next week uh, and go in alphabetical order from there, um, alphabetical to the best of our brain capabilities. SEC is next after that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12 the SEC, and then the Pac-12. So, that took a lot of weight, is it? No, it'd be Pac-12 and then SEC. See? To the best of our brain abilities. H-I-J-K-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-
he he hits it up to 18 and he has to putt around a bunker and they're like nope there's no way that this isn't at least a three putt and he hits it like within a foot and they're like well uh okay i guess he's winning now um but we had it was a i think that's the most enthralled i've been all year watching golf um i i sat down at like 8 a.m. and my butt didn't move until it was over at like I want to say it was like 3 34 o'clock when it it finally ended um it was just great I was I was rooting for Rory I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that I think just about everybody was outside of you but even you even said in a group text yeah I was still rooting for Rory you want yeah and you wanted him to win but your your fantasy guy was was coming up hot um and then uh I can't I I forget the guy that well he actually ended up finishing second I can't think of his name now uh um uh, was it Cam? Cam it, was, it was the other Cam Young. Yeah, that's Cameron Young. Yeah. Um, he, both him and Cam Smith had a fantastic back nine. Uh, Cam Young knocks it within like five feet of the hole on his tee shot on 18 uh, to set up an eagle. And that put him in position where if uh, Cam Smith does the three putt, everybody thinks he's going to do, he's sending it to a playoff. And then again, uh, Cam Smith just with an absurd putt um, to to win. Um, what what were your overall thoughts on on not just Sunday but the, the weekend as a whole? Uh, did you have a golfer that maybe impressed you the most, or you know that disappointed you the most? Uh, yeah. So first off, like you said, great weekend. Um, we had talked. Uh, I believe it was after yeah after Thursday because half of our fantasy teams were like down below the cut and we were like what the fuck and by the end of friday most of our fantasy teams were like up in the top 30 and it was like okay i'm not really sure what went on here but (laughs) i'm glad we're all um together and the top four really uh you think of rory uh sander sander was the other one right that finish in the top four yeah well Uh, that was in the the final four uh, no it was was, uh victor hovland's Hovland, that's it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I thought it was something. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rory, uh, Hovland, uh, and the two cams. Um, we, I think I had made a comment about it on Saturday, Friday or Saturday, because it would have been Saturday, because they were the last two pairings and they had swapped. And they pretty yeah. much, once they became those last two pairings, once they all got to the top, they pretty much stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Hovland, I'll go ahead and say he was probably the one that impressed me the most. Um, he's had a good season and, you know, hasn't necessarily been at the top where he would like to be uh, when it comes to finishing tournaments, but he played Oosh. a great, I should have stopped for that. Got to get the sponsorship. Okay. Hey, I, I got, I got another one lined up. Don't worry. There you go. Um, but he played a great weekend from start to finish. He was hitting some great shots, kind of like Rory. He didn't necessarily do anything to you know, to blow it. Um, I believe right. he had one bad hole on the back nine on Sunday, if I remember correctly, that kind of pushed him um, sort of outside of contention. He was still, he still had a chance as they were coming mm-hmm. to the end, but nonetheless, um, since we're talking about it, Cam Young too, uh, again, he's had some good tournaments. He's kind of been catching a little momentum. He played a great weekend, especially on Sunday when actually I think I had even made the comment, because I, I want to say that he was leading after Thursday. I believe it was him. That was yeah, leading. yeah, yes. He was yeah. leading after Thursday. Yep. And I made the comment about, like, because that's probably the 
third or fourth time this season that we've seen him leading a tournament after Thursday, and I was like, oh, he's probably going to fall apart. And the man yeah. did not. He Great. did not. He, he, yeah, he did a little bit on Friday. And, I yeah. mean, I don't think it was necessarily like he, he fell apart. But you could definitely see he, he struggled a little bit. But I think it was also, like you said, like we, we had drafted, you know, our, our fantasy teams or whatever, and a lot of them sucked on Thursday. I think we saw as, as a whole the field, like, got their shit together on Friday. Yeah. And I think it was more so, like, he just played consistently, whereas I think a lot of people probably played above. Because then, again, you go back to Saturday, a lot of those guys began to struggle again, and Young yeah. just, just kind of stayed on his pace. Yeah, and, and it was great from, you know, start to finish to see him up at the top there. He did not waver at all. Um, you imagine you're sitting there playing with Cam Smith and say just on Sunday, for example, yeah. you know, Rory and Hovland are behind you playing, you know, playing their asses off. Um, especially Rory, you hear the crowd cheer every time the man looks at a golf ball. Um, and then you got Cam Smith sitting there draining every single putt that his putter touches. Like, yeah, it's for him to sit there and hold his ground and be able to finish up top there was, was great. Um, as far as a disappointment, um, I, there were a couple players that I don't think played up to what they would have liked to play. Yeah. Justin Thomas would probably be my biggest one, mainly because he was one of the people outside of the, um, you know, the top group that I paid attention to uh, specifically. I mean, he's my favorite golfer. I have to, but, uh, you look at, you know, him winning the PGA championship and you figure, okay, it's the open, you know, he fucked around at, um, uh, the Renaissance Club the week before so he could get out there and practice and whatnot. And when someone does that, you expect them to have a really good weekend. And he didn't necessarily shit the bed, but mm-hmm. he didn't have the weekend that he wanted to. Um, but the tournament was great. It was electric. Um, I, I think that Rory played a little too conservative on Sunday, and that ended up – because like we said, he played a good round, didn't really have any mistakes. But I, I think there's a time or two where he could have went um, – yeah you know, after a stroke to gain, you know, and made it a little different coming the end. But yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, watching him on the front nine, there was a, I think he was more at first, he was just worried about Hovland, which I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was a few times where, you know, he, he gained a stroke or two to Hovland and then there was times on the front nine, especially, I think I want to say it was like whole seven, maybe it was six, but he, he had a beautiful chance. Uh, I think Hovland was in the bunker. And, and, you know, he got out, but, you know, he's a full stroke behind now. And Rory has a chance to pounce and just add his lead and just put pressure, not on Hoffman, but the whole field. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, shit, you know, Rory is here to play. Like, I mean, Cam Smith was stepping his game up regardless. But, I mean, every time you see that stroke lead just go up by one, even when you're playing really, really well, it always affects you mentally. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I really want to say it was six or seven. And he had a chance to, you know, gain an extra stroke on top of everybody else and really, you know, plan his flight. And I think he, and it was, it was a story of the day. It was just his, his putting failed him. He was chipping and magnificently driving. Great. It just, he could not sink a, a good putt to save his life. Um, and that's all it was. Uh, and as far as who impressed me the most, um, I think I would, I would agree with Hovland. Uh, I would even go as far as say, you know, Cam Smith really impressed me because oh, yeah. cu- coming in, you know, these were two guys who they played really well at the players, but since then, like they're, they're names that you haven't heard of or not necessarily haven't heard of, but just haven't been, yeah, haven't been competing for wins. Hovland has struggled to make cuts since that players uh, where I believe he, I think he finished second there. 
second or third. Oh, oh, um, second. And when, when Smith won, Smith, I don't think has won since then. And again, he was another guy that like you draft him just about every week in fantasy, but there's weeks where he flirts with the cut line. It's like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Um, Sitting what, like fourth in the yeah. Cup rankings and the man's flirting with the fucking cut line. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for him, the biggest thing was, I mean, at the Masters, he was, what, one stroke behind Scheffler at one point. I think they, it was 13 when they went, and he put two balls in the water. And yeah. mentally, that fucked him up for the rest of that round. But I think that kind of hung with him probably all summer. Like I said, uh, it was not somebody that I would have picked to necessarily struggle this past week. I don't think I would have picked him to win, though, just based off of how he's played up to this point. Um, so, I mean, it was – surprising to see both of them uh play really well and, and you know be challenging for the win on sunday yeah. um my disappointment uh i know you said jt knowing that jt struggles and with just links golf in general yeah. um oh that didn't necessarily surprise me i mean he still made the cut still had a, a pretty overall decent weekend um but just knowing like that's that's how like he usually plays with links golf wasn't that surprising to me my surprise was, was max homa uh, listen, I'm a slut for Max Homa. I, I love everything he does from his, his, his swing uh, to his social media. I mean, you can call me a, a homosexual, if you will. Um, but just seeing him. He's putting that on a T-shirt. Yeah, I, I am. Um, and I think it was a little bit of he got caught up in the moment of playing with Tiger and I don't, maybe wasn't 100% mentally there. I mean, I obviously can't speak to his, his mental state, but um, – he was just making a lot of like unforced errors. It seemed like, uh, and it ended up biting him in the ass. And he misses the cut. Uh, and then just speaking of, of Tiger, really quick, he granted he did not play well. I think he double bogeyed the first hole, but physically, I feel like he looked a lot better than what he did, you know, round three and four at the Masters, or when he withdrew from the PGA. Uh, he had the longest drive on day one at the 14th hole. So I mean. It, he had tools of his game that were there. He just couldn't put it all together. And he got behind the eight ball from the jump uh, and just something he couldn't get ahead. But I mean, and I might've missed some of it, but I didn't see him like constantly like having to use like his clubs to walk around or anything like that. Um, so to me, that was a little bit promising to see like, you know, maybe he is in at least a little bit better physical condition. Um, and I, I know he really wanted to do well because this is likely the last open at St. Andrews. He'll be able like, to even, you know, somewhat compete at, uh, whether it be, or even like, like he said, it was the last one he'd know he's basically going to challenge for. I don't think they go back there for seven years now. And he's like, listen, when we come back here in seven years, I might be able to, to play and I might be able to, you know, compete for a day or two, but more than likely, I'm not going to be able to, you know, go out there and, and challenge for a win seven years from now. And he kind of realizes that a lot of people are like, oh, is he retiring? Just because of like the way he was phrasing it. I don't see him retiring. I still see him doing definitely the Masters and I would say the Open for the next couple of years, uh, maybe even the PGA or the U.S. Open. Who knows? But I don't think he's he's full stop retiring. Um, but again, like I said, it was it was encouraging to at least see him a little physically improved, I guess is how I would put it. Um, they are at the 3M Open this weekend that is underway already. No real big names there. Uh, I mean, I guess the biggest one is Matsuyama. Uh, Sahith Thagala is there as well, having a, a standout rookie year. Uh, but still, nonetheless, I mean, we've been following the leaderboard on day one. Uh, great tournament so far. A lot of no names up there getting the chance. And that's that's what a lot of these tournaments were. You know, the bigger guys kind of step aside. Uh, that, that's what these tournaments do is they give these young stars a chance to shine. And day one, I mean, they put on a show. I drafted Chess and Hadley because I didn't know who else to take. And he was 
T3 at one point, and I think he's on the T8, but still having a great day. Um, moving on, uh, we got a little bit of racing to talk about. Um, we had NASCAR at Loudoun uh, this past weekend. Actually, it turned out, in my mind, I don't, I don't know if you watched any of it, Nick. Um, in my mind, it actually turned out to be a, a really good race. Um, to me, Loudoun has become one of the better tracks for NASCAR here uh, lately, especially, like, consistently. I mean, I think back to 2018, 2019, um, you had Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, the one year, you know, battling for the win. I think the year before that, it was uh, Harvick and Kyle Busch battling for the win. Like, they, it has produced some great racing and some great finishes the past couple of years, uh, and it has climbed back up the ranks of, of being one of the best NASCAR tracks out there. Um, had a little bit of fireworks in the middle of the race. Uh, under caution, for some reason, Austin Dillon decided to be a fucking baby-faced bitch and tried to take out Brad Keselowski, which – so they, they released the radio communications, and this is what, what got me. So – he was pissed off at Brad uh, because I guess Brad was racing him hard, um, which I didn't know you're not supposed to do that anymore. Yeah. But I mean, Austin Dillon was getting fucked in the ass hard. I didn't think he'd care if he got raced hard. Um, but he, Brad was racing him hard. He didn't like it. So his crew chief said, well, you go get him or whatever. So he drives up there in the caution and just like taps him in the side. And just, I don't know if he was doing hand signals at him or whatever, but all of a sudden Brad has this, I, I ain't standing for that and just turns hard left and drives him across the track. The crew chief is like, I said, take him out. If you're going to take him out, do it. He's like, get the fuck away from him. He's going to wreck your car now. Yeah. And chase him. Like, how do you not, like, if you're going to do something to somebody under caution, like, do it. Don't, don't be like a half-ass yeah. bitch. Um, but, I mean, hey, he's got some new content for his stupid-ass TV show, so uh, good for him. Uh, what a fucking waste. But uh, great, great race for Christopher Bell. Um, him and Chase Elliott had the race to the finish there. Uh, that was really, uh, I, like the way the pitch strategies worked out. It was it was really cool to see, you know, Christopher Bell run him down. Uh, Elliot was using his, using him up a little bit, and that was interesting to see. Not that I didn't think he was gonna let him by, but I didn't think he was gonna almost door him into the wall a few times. And I mean, he did that against some of the other guys he was racing with. Um, but it, that was great. Uh, Christopher Bell is now locked into the playoffs. There's two open spots left and i believe there's like five races left uh and one of those is daytona uh which anybody can win in um so the nascar playoff picture is looking quite interesting uh and then the, the funny thing is like if you look at like the normal points like if, if you took like wins away or not necessarily the wins but like needing a win to qualify for the, the, the playoffs or whatever if you look at like just the point standings the guy that's in third place and the guy that's in fifth place are like the next two guys into the playoffs. So if like two random people behind them win, they're knocked out of the playoffs. And now the guy that's the third most consistent, the fifth most consistent, that's, that's how at least I always look at points yeah. are going to miss the playoffs. Um, so just another reason why the NASCAR playoffs are beyond stupid. Uh, like we said, they will be at Pocono this weekend. Uh, Nick's dad and Slade will both be there, not together, but. They don't. They don't hate Nick. Well, I mean, they they might end up being in yeah for all we know. But but uh, so the, I I always look forward to that race. Um, I mean, last year they did the doubleheader. Uh, this year it's just one single race there. Uh, last year, of course, we had Kyle Larson leading into the last turn and his tire blows out. Uh, Alex Bowman gets the win. I believe that was race two. I want to say it was race two. Um, but moving on, uh, we had IndyCar back this weekend. They were at Toronto. Um. 
I believe, yeah, it's the first time they raced at Toronto since 2019. Uh, that's a lot of these drivers' favorite tracks, uh, so they were very happy to get back there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scott Dixon gets a big win there. Uh, Colton Herta finished second. Uh, the two of them had a great run to the finish. That was very interesting to see. Other than that, not a lot of, I guess, fireworks per se, like there have been in weeks past, except for the warm-up, uh, which Alexander Rossi and Roman Grosjean go at each other again. Um, and then in the race, uh, Felix Rosenquist and Alexander Rossi, I believe it was third place, I want to say, they were racing for. Yeah. And uh, Rosenquist dives underneath Rossi and he, he didn't turn the wheel left. He was, I, I understand he's trying to make the turn, but I mean, at the same time, I don't think he should have sent it from that far back. Uh, anyway, he doors Rossi, Rossi goes into the wall and out of the race. What I thought was very funny is it's not hundred percent clear what Rosenquist is going to be doing next year. If he's leaving McLaren, uh, if he's staring, staying there, um, who knows with all these drivers that they're signing left and right over at McLaren. Um, after Rossi gets knocked out, they interview him who he is signed with McLaren for next year. Uh, he gave a very, you know, I know I'm going to be on that team next year. I need to watch my mouth. Kind of like, hey, you know, it's just a racing deal. You know, stuff happens. Like for somebody that has like thrown his own teammates under the bus before I listened oh, to that interview and I just went, who, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. He's just in there like, yeah, you know, it happens. Not a big deal. But you could also, he was like smiling, like, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I'm just going to keep my contract here. Yeah, but that was uh, it was very interesting to see. But otherwise, uh, I, I thought it was a great race. Um, this week, they will head to Iowa uh, for a doubleheader on Saturday night and Sunday. Uh, Iowa short track always puts on a good race for IndyCar, so I'm excited to see that this weekend. Um, moving on, uh, while I'm sitting here drinking it, just wanted to shout out uh, Charlotte FC uh, for fucking up those English bitches from Chelsea last night. Uh, <laughs> You know, now we're we're officially calling it soccer. I believe both European football clubs lost last night to American teams, uh, so it's it's one hundred percent called soccer now, um, and they can get over it. Uh, so I look forward to the soccer World Cup this this winter. Um, you know, I'm super excited for that. Uh, but yeah, go go Charlotte. Uh, super proud of you for beating Chelsea. Like, if you're gonna put a lion on your insignia, like you can't play like a bunch of bitches, and that's what they did. So they deserve to lose, and they they rightfully did. Uh, so. Go, go my hometown football club. I really needed to go to a game. I was saying that the other day. We were, we were at one of the bars, and they were playing somewhere else, but uh, Charlotte was on, and I was like, you know what? Like, I, Now that there's, a, like, a team, like, really close to me, I'm like, why, why I should go at least once and check it out. A lot of people said it's a lot of fun. Uh, oh, so I'm, dude, I'm de- soccer games get wild. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to, to going to one of those games here. I find it hilarious, though, because I'm pretty sure you've watched exactly zero seconds of soccer. In your no, life. no, that is not true. Um, what was it? The 20, 2012 World Cup where the, the US team made it to like the quarterfinals and we lost to Belgium or something, or maybe it was the semi. There was there was one year, it was like the early 2010s. I, I know it wasn't 2016 in Rio because I think we might have made the knockout stage. No, it was it was like I want to say it was 2012 and we played well, Belgium. If it's not 08 and it's not 16, it pretty much yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure because like I think we made the knockout stage in 2016, but like we lost like the first round. But I think it was 2012 we made it to like the, either the semifinals or the quarterfinals, and we lost on like penalty kicks to Belgium. Um, but no, I, I have I have watched soccer I before. I don't I don't get super into it, but I definitely have watched it before. So don't 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 throw no shade at me, bitch. Sorry. 
right, listen, I'm, I'm not the one that used to kick balls around when I was a little kid, okay? Just because I didn't kick the balls around doesn't mean I didn't watch it. Listen, I was good, damn it. Wouldn't have been for my bum knee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, hey, Pat McAfee almost went pro in, in soccer. You can fucking kick anything. <laughs> like a rocket. That dude could kick my jaw off, and I think I'd thank him. Uh, I would. Yeah. I wouldn't have to hear myself talk anymore. Fair point. Uh, moving on, uh, before we get too out of hand, uh, it is officially our favorite time of the year. Uh, it is college football season right around the corner. I believe, I want to say we're six weeks out. Five or, or six or seven weeks out. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, a lot of math. Today is 42 days, or not today, but. Well, yeah, it kicks off on a Thursday. Um, so I think that's, yeah, six weeks. Okay. Uh, anyway, it is time. Uh, like we stated earlier, we're going to start with the group of five uh, conferences. So that is the American uh, Conference USA, MAC, Mountain West, and Sunbelt. Um, the independent teams that are left. Um, UConn's the only one we don't really give a shit about, so we probably won't talk about them at all. Uh, BYU is moving to the Big 12 next year, so they will, we're just going to include them this year. And Notre Dame is basically part of the ACC right now, uh, so Notre Dame will be in the ACC previews, which is next week, uh, in case you really care about either of those two teams. Uh, just a heads up. Again, UConn, we couldn't give less of a shit about. Oh, and Army. I guess we could have done Army this week, but uh, we'll, we'll fit them in somewhere because I, I do still respect Army. I, w- I would never say we don't give a shit about army. Um, That'd be fucked up. That would be. Uh, I think. I think we get canceled for that. I mean, they might be fucking bums on the football field. No, 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 no. They ain't. Okay, bum. Bums a strong word. Bums I mean, they word. almost beat Penn State when I went there in 2015. So I don't want to hear it. 2015. Uh, I believe it was Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley's first year there. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds should be, yeah. In all and fairness it, though, if Penn State doesn't lose to or at least almost lose to one of the lower level teams they play a year, it's not a Penn State season. So. Yeah, true. Uh <laughs> and just so real quick before we start this. So I've seen this guy pop up on my YouTube or my TikTok. And I'm not gonna use his username uh because that's that's just not fair. Um but he's so they've re- they have this revamped NCAA 14 game out that you can get. Um, and so a lot of people started playing that again. Like they're posting on their clips on TikTok and stuff. Well, this one guy, he's doing a road, a road to glory uh, career mode thing, but he's also doing a dynasty mode. So he took over Vanderbilt in his dynasty mode. Mm-hmm. Respectable. I love that he's trying to, you know, turn that program around. Uh, I, th- I think I've seen this guy too. He fucking sucks. Yeah. He straight up sucks. Like, I think he's won four games in, like, two yeah. seasons. I'm like, bro, how? <laughs> I took Buffalo, and it, it wasn't even a rookie. I, it looks like this guy's playing a rookie mode half the time, but he's probably not, and I, I respect it. I understand the grind in Heisman. I took Buffalo to a national championship in Heisman mode. Like, the game is if, – if you, like, are somewhat competent, like, and you just throw – like, I threw, like, six picks a game, and I can still win. Because, like, other than that, like, it's it's really not that hard. And, like, there's this other guy. He's doing um, uh, an NC or NFL franchise in, like, Madden 07. And, like, that's really cool. And, like, he's done, like he won a Super Bowl last year. And I was, like, I really enjoy following that one. But it still pisses me off. I'm watching him. He, like, rolls out to the left. And he'll throw across his body back to the right. I'm like, 
why are you doing this? He's like, oh man, I threw a terrible pick here. It's like, no shit. But then you do it like three more times in the game. I'm like, bro, fucking stop. Like, Jesus. That like that shit pisses me off. Like, oh my God. But like, how do you only have four wins in two years in that game? Like, I don't care if they came out with a brand new game and that like the, the they went above a Heisman mode. It was like freaking realistic VR. Like you could still take any bottom tier team. You could take New Mexico State and get them to a bowl game at least. Like it, yeah. I, I just can't believe the dude only has like four wins in two years. Like it's disgusting. Like if you're going to do a dynasty mode, do it right. You should be blowing out freaking every team by like 40 points. So I, like, yeah. granted, like the ones that I always did, like I would always, like I would, I would start off with like a super hard team. Like I, th- I did Old Dominion, didn't, goddamn, Old Dominion one year. And I scheduled Alabama week one. Like, that's what you do. Like, you just schedule the stupid hard teams like week one. Yeah. We lost by, like, 21 points. But I was like, I still took a, a nobody team and lost on Alabama by only 21. That sick yeah. ass still ended up making, like, the Sugar Bowl or something. I was like, <laughs> dude, it's not that hard. And, like, I, I get that you need to recruit good players in and stuff. But I literally take whatever roster is there. And then, like, yeah, you need to get, you know, recruits. But you should still be winning more than two games in a season. Yeah. Like, I uh, and uh, listen, I like I'm sure he's I'm sure part of it is like he's just kind of like doing it like, hey, like uh, this is like, look, I'm improving. Yeah. And granted, he's he is. Too. Did, does it have gameplay? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's posting videos oh, of the gameplay. I got you. Yeah. And granted, like his wide receivers are terrible. Like he throws them wide open. And I get that. Like that sucks. Yeah. Run the damn ball. Yeah. Like it ain't that hard. And then when the, the, the CPU finally gets their shit together and they bite up on the run, you run slants. Like yeah. if you if you guys can't catch, don't send them eighty yards downfield. That, that's just never gonna work. Just just run slants and run it up the gut. That's that's all you got to do. Yeah, dude, we should we should start that. I I need to get the NCAA revamped, and then I'll start a dynasty mode. I'll show all these bitches how to do it. All right, bet. all right. Anyway, it's time to get started with our uh, our college football preview. Uh, we're gonna talk more about NCAA football next week. Uh, getting started, we have the American Conference. Uh, Slade sent us his handy-dandy notes so we can share his thoughts with you guys as well. Um, and I'll put it out there now. Slate said he does not give a shit about any of the Power Five conferences. Um, so I just, I just want all of you out there to know how Slade really feels about this. Uh, but starting with the American, uh, last year we had Houston and Cincinnati in the championship game. Uh, Cincinnati with a huge win that also propelled them into the college football playoff. Um, this year, Nick, uh, give me your pick for who you think the conference champion is going to be and, and why. Yeah, um, it's more than likely going to come down to those two schools again. I, as of right now, have Cincinnati picked again. Okay. Um, uh, not 100% sold on them, but – well, not but. Uh, because they had a lot of pieces go to the NFL. Um, now the but. Uh, their O-line should be top tier in the American. Um, their wide receivers have a lot of talent. Their D-line will be good. Uh, the biggest weakness that they have as of right now might be um, the secondary on defense. And there's a big question mark beside uh, Evan Prater's name to replace Desmond Ritter. Uh, but Luke Fickle, 48-15 and 15 in his six years at Cincinnati. I don't really see him slowing down, you know, this year with just a couple pieces that went on to the NFL, uh, especially after last year's success and that momentum to build on. So mm-hmm. that's that's why I ended up picking them. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's coming down to Cincinnati and Houston again. Uh, as far as Slade, uh, he has Cincinnati. Uh, he just simply said because of the recruits, uh, and he did also remind me of a great note. Next year, they will also be moving to the Big 12 as well. 
Um, but Slade going with Cincinnati. I'm actually going to go with Houston. Um, and I, I, I'm picking them because they're returning their star QB, their wide receiver, uh, and they have oh, – oh, oh, and a healthy uh, dose of transfers to bolster the offense. Uh, defense that has consistently improved the last few years will need to fill the cornerback positions and a key few lineman spots. Uh, but they only allowed 20 points per game last year. And I think if they can get decent substitutes for those guys they lost last year, they should be in great shape. Um, and they also led the conference in run defense, which I think will be huge. Um, but yeah, I, I have it coming down to them in the conference championship again, uh, but I just have uh, Houston taking, taking the leap this year. Uh, moving on, who do you think the most improved team in the conference will be? Uh, yeah, so I ended up going with Tulane on this one. Uh, they were 2-10 and 10 last year, which obviously gives you a um, whole lot of room to, to build off of. Um, the, but the green wave is typically around about 500 for the season or, you know, during a season. They've been around there the last couple of years, minus last year. Uh, they have a really soft start to the schedule this coming year, and a relatively forgiving schedule overall. So I th think that should help them add, you know, three to five wins, more wins um, to their overall record. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm uh, like having issues reading. So my contacts are bugging out right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's the contacts. Sure. Uh, Slade put down uh, that SMU will be the most improved. Um, he called them a dollar store old miss, which is a very fair. Uh, for my most improved, I'm going with USF, uh, kind of the same thing along your lines. I think they only won one game last year. Uh, so again, very low standards for them to improve, but overall they have 18 starters returning this year, including all five offensive linemen. Uh, Bob Shoup is their new defensive coordinator. He previously coached at Penn state and Vanderbilt. Uh, and he has eight starters returning. Uh, Gary Bohannon is coming in at QB and, I'm going to say this name wrong, and I apologize. A Jew, a Jew uh, is coming in at wide receiver. Uh, they're transferring in from Baylor and Clemson, respectively, and they should definitely help uh, give that offense a huge boost. Um, so that's why I'm taking USF as my most improved team. Uh, to wrap up the American Conference, who do you think your most declined team will be this year, Nick? Yeah, so um... – completely opposite of what Slade said. I actually picked SMU uh, to be the most declined team. They went eight and four last year. They have a first year head coach, uh, a tough schedule, not necessarily the toughest in the conference, but a tough schedule. Um, and just overall, I really didn't see a whole lot of teams that could lose two to three more games than what they did the previous year. Um, mm -hmm. And SMU stuck out as one. So that's why I ended up going. Yeah. Um, so Slade went with UCF here. Uh, Slating that they have uh, no recruits and a lot of competition this year. I would put them as my second place team to be the most declined this year. Um, I mean, I, I 100% agree with them. They had not a strong year of recruiting. Uh, they're, I believe Gabriel left, so they're, they have to have a brand new QB this year. Um, so I would definitely put them in second place as my first place team for most declines. I agree with you, Nick. I have uh, SMU. Last year, they started 7 0. They lose their head coach now. Uh, he went to TCU. Uh, they have some key players returning on offense, uh, but their defense needs to improve a lot after giving up 31 points per game, and they ranked eighth against the past. I don't really see that improving a whole lot. And again, just having to, to come in under a whole new regime, one, I definitely don't think they're starting 7-0, and but two, it's going to be very hard to duplicate any success like they had last year. 
Um, so that's, I, I definitely agree with you there that they're going to be my most declined team this year. Uh, moving on, it is time to talk about Conference USA. Uh, last year, we had UTSA uh, versus Western Kentucky in the championship game. Uh, I believe Western Kentucky win. My dumbass didn't write it down. Uh, I believe so, yeah. No. Oh, no. UTSA over Western Kentucky. I did write it down just in oh, a different right. sheet. Um, UTSA also had that, that magical run last year, ended up going 12-1, and one, uh, just one game shy of a perfect record. Uh, still very impressive. Um, moving on, uh, Nick, who do you have? pick to win that conference this year yeah so uh i'm gonna take uab or the university of alabama at birmington i had to write it down because i always forget what it stands it's for. birmingham or yeah what did i say burlington oh birmingham i don't i literally have it written right there um so even though they technically have a new head coach um it's their former offensive coordinator and brian vinson yep. um they are returning a lot of production on both sides of the ball and um Quite honestly, there's, there's a couple teams here like Western Kentucky um, that, that could win this. It, it was, for me, it was more of a gut feeling on this one as far as actually choosing who was going to do it. Um, but I feel pretty confident. In it. Yeah. Actually, again, uh, surprisingly enough, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, I'm going UAB as well. I picked them last year, uh, and they lost a late season matchup against the eventual conference champion um, uh, 34 to 31, uh, which, you know, really is. is a very close game, obviously. Uh, they lost their head coach, like you said, but a large majority of the team returns, including five defense starters uh, on a defense that held opponents to 23 points per game last year. Um, so I, I see this as a team coming back hungry and, and wanting to win uh, and you know wanting to make their head coach, new head coach, look really good. Um, so I definitely, I, I, I have them. And leading up to last year, they made three straight, I believe, conference championship games. Um, and so last year was the first year since their, their program was reinstated that they didn't make the conference championship game or maybe second. Uh, nonetheless, I have them going back this year. Uh, Slade picked FAU. Um, that, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's what he wrote some Purdue. I can't read his handwriting, but he picked <laughs> FAU. Uh, moving on. Uh, who do you have as your most improved team? Uh, yes, yeah, so most improved, I went with North Texas. Uh, they're very deep at running back, talented at wide receiver. They have four returning starters on the O-line, which should make it one of the best in the conference. Um, just all the right fixings uh, to see their program get better, improve upon last year, and all that. Yeah. Uh, Slade agrees with you. Uh, he took North Texas, just simply stating Texas is back. Um, North Texas might be back, but Texas sure yeah. shitty. North Texas might be back. Uh, I went with Charlotte, uh, maybe a little bit of bias here being, you know, the hometown team, but uh, I, I honestly believe they will. Uh, they have a high power offense returning, including the conference's top receiving core from last year. Uh, they have a brand new defensive coordinator in Greg Brown. He will definitely need to improve that bottom ranking defense that they had last year. Uh, but I think if they can improve that defense a little bit, yeah, like even just a little bit, uh, that can definitely be in contention for the conference championship, maybe. Um, but I definitely see them as being the most improved team and definitely getting back to a bowl game this year. Uh, who do you have as I can hear you. I know. Uh, who do you have as your most declined team? Yeah, so this might be a little bit of a hot take here, which I think I have another one in this as well. Um, 
but I'm going with Western Kentucky. Uh, their defense is going to need to carry them, especially early in the season. Um, to not only improve off of last year, but to do it with a finish nine and five last year. And obviously, like we mentioned, um, get a bit the conference championship game. But I don't think that that's going to be repeated this year. I think there's too much working against them, even though a lot of people do still consider them favorites. When I look at it, I, I just don't see it as a situation that is mm-hmm. beneficial for them, or at least not as good as it was last year. It'll be a cold day in hell when you get your dollars for a Wi-Fi fixed. Uh, moving on. Uh, I don't know. It's, like, <laughs> it's a door. That's it. That's all that's stopping yeah. me from having good Wi-Fi. It makes no sense. Uh, Slade picked uh, UTSA as his most declined team. Uh, he said just because they didn't uh, – no chip. That's, that's all he wrote. Uh, I guess they didn't get a dip either. I don't know. Uh, and he also said that they're moving to the American next year, so maybe they're looking forward to that a little bit. Who knows? Um, I also agree with you uh, with Western Kentucky being the most declined team. Uh, they lose their star QB that broke absurd records uh, at quarterback last year, along with their offensive coordinator. Uh, Jared Stearns and Mitchell Tensley also take away the top two receivers they had last year. Uh, so they're just losing too much on offense for me to trust that team to be anywhere near as proficient as they were last year. I think they still might reach bowl eligibility, uh, but I mean, I don't see them being as high scoring as, of an offense as they had last year. Uh, and, and overall, I just see them as a team struggling a little bit more this year. Um, and like you said, I don't see them getting back to the conference championship game. Uh, next conference up, we got the big old Mac, Mac attack. Uh, Nick, who do you have as your conference champion? Last year, uh, we had NIU versus Kent State. Uh, NIU wins. Uh, who do you have this year? Yeah, so I actually have uh, NIU going back to back. They returned 17 out of 22 starters, which is always a good thing. Doesn't matter what team you are. Um, all 11 uh, on the defensive side of the ball are returning. Uh, Michigan State transfer Rocky Lombardi, what a dope name, first of all, um, will lead an offense with uh, one of the best uh, or one of the max best O-lines and wide receiver groups. They got depth in the backfield. Um, I, I, I think out of anybody in the Power Five, I think that Northern Illinois has the best chance of repeating. Whoosh. Just, just had to do that real quick. Um, I, I 100% agree with you for literally the same reasons. I think, honestly, we probably read the same website and got the same stats. Because uh, that's literally what I have written down. Uh, but, yeah, so I have NIU. Uh, Slate has Kent State, uh, and he just has it. They're out for redemption, which is a very fair point. I honestly think it comes down to NIU-Kent State again in, in the conference championship game. Um, but moving on, <laughs> who do you have as most approved? Actually, I got to read slates. Okay, <laughs> just, read slates. He just put shit conference <laughs> and then he wrote <laughs> ball state. Uh, so I'll let you go. Who do you have as most improved? <laughs> uh, I wish he was here. I, oh, I need I. elaboration on these notes. Um, so most improved, I went with Eastern Michigan. Uh, they have an underrated head coach in Chris Creighton. Uh, one of the best wide receiver quarters in the Mac. Um, return of five experienced linemen, five starters on defense. And after finishing seven and six, there's definitely some room for improvement from there. So, yeah, uh, I actually had Eastern Michigan wrote down at first and I changed it. I went with uh, Central Michigan a team uh, that, you know, they did lose some key pieces last year. But head coach uh, Jim McElwain 
always just finds a, a way. I mean, at least Central Michigan, he fucking sucked at Florida. Um, but he, he's found a way at, at Central Michigan to just reload every year. Um, and honestly, I, I expect them to, to contend for the conference title this year, especially behind their running back, uh, Lou Nickold. That's a name. Uh, excuse me, Lou Nickold third. Sorry, got, got to get the whole third. thing in there. Um, but they definitely need a big improvement on defense. Uh, if that team wants to take the next step, I believe they ranked like bottom of, of the conference last year in just about every statistic. Uh, I know they gave up, I want to say it was like 20 plays of 30 plus yards. Uh, so that's definitely something they need to get fixed. Um, but that is my pick for most improved. As far as most declined, who are you going with, Nick? Yeah, so uh, this was my other hot take. I didn't realize that it was in the exact next conference. Um, and you're going to love this one. I went with Central Michigan. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Did, I guess. Uh, went 9-4 and four last season. So, obviously, you know, when you start talking 9-10 wins, it's it's tough to duplicate. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, really, I only see them losing, like, two to three more games, maybe even only two. Um, but when I was looking at the conference, I, I didn't really see other ones that I thought would necessarily win or lose, say, three more games. <laughs> anyway, um, but they have uh, big holes at both tackle spots. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, and uh, at least one big hole in every <laughs> – one big missing piece since George is six years old <laughs> um, on every level of the defense. I, I'm glad I didn't say the, the sentence the way I had it written, or you really would have had a ball. Oh um, so I, I think it's going to be hard to replicate them or replicate that nine and four. Oh, show you a fucking big hole. Uh, Slade. I, I almost said they have big holes at every level of the D. <laughs> and that. <laughs> Ah, it doesn't help i'm fucking three bush light apples deep right now actually four i'm on my fourth uh slade for his most <laughs> God damn for his most declined team he put ohio university simply for fuck ohio uh i want Fair jesse enough. mcgee out there listening to understand that that is not my sentiment um i think ohio is a great honestly so real quick we're, just, we're gonna take a side street here I think Ohio as a state gets a lot of undeserved hate. Like, I don't know if you, if you remember this, like growing up, everybody hated New Jersey. Like it was literally referred to as like the armpit of America. And I 100% New Jersey is by far the worst fucking state that, that's alive. I think what happened is they, they paid a bunch of like tourist agencies and like, they just got like a couple people say it. I, I think it might've had to do with Jersey shore too, but like everybody, like to me, it's like a meme like all of America is like pointing and laughing at New Jersey and like, granted, Ohio is not the best. It, it could definitely be improved, but like Ohio is like that buck tooth girl, like over in the corner that starts laughing too. And New Jersey turns out like, the fuck are you laughing at? And now everybody's like, Oh shit, well, let's, let's make fun of Ohio. So I just want to point out real quick. I think Ohio is a great state. I'm going there in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'm very excited to see you there, uh, but it's definitely a hell of a lot better than New Jersey. Uh, so I just, I just had to put that out there. Uh, fuck New Jersey. Uh, it is the armpit of America, and yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, so Slate picked Ohio University as his most declined team this year. Uh, I went with Ball State. Uh, just real quick, back to your point about Central Michigan. Um, 
I definitely can see them and in a position where, you know, they do end up being the, the worst team or not necessarily the worst team, but taking a big step backwards as a program this year. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like a seesaw and they're standing on the middle right now and they, they can either go to the right and take a step up or go to the left and, and take a huge step back. Um, it, it'll just come down to, to if, if McElwain can, can get that team in position and, you know, ready to take that step. Um, but I mean, like I said, I had Eastern Michigan, Pencil didn't at first, but I, I switched it out for Central Michigan. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see here. Uh, my most declined team, I went with Ball State. Uh, they lost their three-year starter at quarterback uh, and three starters in the secondary. Um, they've made bowl games two straight years now. I see them struggling just to make the bowl game this year. Uh, and, and, you know, they'll, they'll take a year, they'll reload, and, and they'll go from there. They did have a couple transfers come in, uh, but it's always difficult you know, trying to, to replace such poise and, and knowledge at the QB position from somebody that started in an offense for three years uh, with a transfer. Uh, they had, I believe it's a junior or senior that is, that is coming up, but he's only taken like five snaps, they said, in like three years. So um, definitely going to be hard for them to, to continue their success. Uh, moving on with the next group of five conference, we have the Mountain West. Uh, Utah State uh, versus San Diego State in the conference championship last year. Utah State gets the – it was an upset win at the time. Uh, but, Nick, who is your pick to win the conference this year? Yeah, so uh, I'm going with the repeat here uh, for the second time in this podcast. I'm going with Utah State. They have a senior QB in Logan Bonner, uh, who's among the best in the mound. Um, you got talented transfer wide receivers four returning O-linemen, and their leading rusher in Calvin Tyler Jr., uh, five starters and other experienced players on an improving defense. I think that should be enough to find them on top of the Mountain West again. Yeah. Um, Slade has a, a bit of a shocking pick here. He went with uh, New Mexico um, simply for the fact that they play at LSU. Uh, so that's, that's Slade's pick. Uh, moving on, my pick. We need context. <laughs> Next week, we're going to spend 30 minutes just going over all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but my pick, I'm going with San Diego State. Uh, they only have three starters on offense returning, uh, and they're missing their, their star sensational punter from last year, Matt Ariza. Uh, but they bring back their star wideout, Jesse Matthews, and QB tra- transfer Braxton Burmeester uh, for Virginia Tech, and he should help keep the offense afloat. Granted, he really struggled at Oregon, and he did not do great things at Virginia Tech last year. Um, but let's be honest, competition in the Mountain West is not the same level. Um, so he should be serviceable and definitely, you know, help that help supplant that team's offense. Um, but I can definitely, like you said, see Utah State uh, repeating. I also, I my dark horse, I have, uh, or not necessarily dark horse, they competed for it last year. Um, I'm taking Air Force. They have a lot of, excuse me, a lot of starters returning. Um, I mean, all of the military programs are very hard to beat no matter who you're playing. Um, so I can definitely see Air Force getting in there and winning the conference championship as well. Uh, as far as your most improved uh, team this year, Nick, who do you got? Yeah, so I went with Colorado State for the most improved. They went three and nine last year, so obviously, like you said before, plenty of room for improvement. Um, they do have a new head coach, which is slightly questionable, but he brought um, not necessarily along, but brought in um, plenty of talented transfers on both sides of the ball that I think should amount to an extra three to four wins for them next season or this coming season. Yeah. 
uh, along the lines of picking the conference champion. Uh, Slade also has New Mexico as his most improved team. Uh, aside from the LSU note, uh, no note this time. Um, for my most improved team, Home I'm going game against <laughs> uh, my most improved team. I'm going with UNLV. Uh, they have a new decent defensive coordinator coming in and Keith Hayward. Um, hope, you know, he obviously wants to improve that bottom ranked defense they had last year. They also have two big name transfers and Harrison Bailey and Ricky White. Um, and it, they, this is the team I can definitely see. I don't want to say contending for the conference title. Uh, I don't think they're there yet, uh, but this is a team that can definitely be, you know, poised to make a run at a bowl game this year after going just two and 10 last year. Uh, so again, Two and ten record leaves a lot of room for improvement, but again, I, I definitely see these guys as possibly making a bowl game. Uh, for your most declined team, who do you got? Uh, I have Wyoming. Uh, I almost said Wyoming. Wyoming for the most declined. Uh, they had two QBs enter the transfer portal, which is never a good thing unless you have two QBs coming right back from the transfer portal. Um, they have a question mark in the wide receiver one spot. Uh, some defensive talent that's no longer on the team for multiple reasons, and uh, they went seven and six last year. I see them maybe three wins with the way this, the team is shaped up right now. But. Uh, Slade uh, went with Air Force, which I kind of find surprising. Uh, and again, in his notes, he just goes lose commander in chief trophy. So solid analysis there by Slade. <laughs> uh, for my most declined team, I'm going with Nevada. Uh, new coach Ken Wilson inherits an almost completely dismantled team. They have only six returning starters including one O-lineman that was absolutely – well, as a whole, the offensive line was terrible last year. I don't want to call that one guy out. Um, they gave up 45 sacks as, as a unit. Um, so it was going to be very hard for new guys coming in to improve upon that number. I don't think it can get much worse, but uh, definitely going to be hard to – especially when you're losing four starters in the offensive line, you got to fill those gaps. It's, it's going to be hard to, uh, to increase production there. Uh, and the very last uh, conference – uh, these in the group of five is the Sun Belt. Uh, last year, Louisiana beat App State. Um, well, that was a, a great conference title game. Uh, this year, Nick, who do you got? Yeah, um, I'm not going to go with either one of the two from the, con- the conference championship game last year. I'm going with Coastal Carolina. It might be slight bias because it's such a dope school. Um, but they have returning QB, Grayson McCall, uh, who's going to lead a team that averaged just over 40 points a game last year. I believe it was 40 points nine or 40 yeah 40.9 um they, he has help from two stud running backs to the top returning o-line in the sun belt uh along with some key returners and transfers on defense i think they should see this team uh bolster up to the championship yeah uh slade uh goes with appalachian state um i can definitely see i actually that's what i picked as well um they have a key game week one against unc which i honestly think they can win if I do not go to the Oregon-Georgia game in Atlanta, that is definitely a game I want to go to, uh, only being an hour away from App State. Uh, and they also go on the road at Texas A&M Week 2. So very tough start to the schedule, but that usually translates, especially for these lower teams. You learn a lot about your team. You get to hang with the big boys for once, uh, and you, know, you learn a lot, and that helps translate to you know, a, a better season overall in my mind, uh, especially when, once you get back to conference play. Uh, like I said, I'm also going with App State. Uh, they have 13 starters returning, including their, their QB, Chase Bryce, uh, and their entire offensive line. Uh, they'll need to find replacements at wide receiver, though. Um, but to me, like, unless you have, like, guys like Jamar Chase, like, big-name receivers like that, 
uh, you know, Devontae Smith, like you think of like the guys who are, you know, winning the Blitnikoff and like challenging for the Heisman Trophy. It's it's hard, but it's not as difficult of a job to replace, you know, wide receivers. Uh, I feel like at the college level, uh, somebody who played wide receiver at, at granted D three, not not quite the same, but um, I think I feel like receiver is probably the easiest position to replace outside of like I said unless you're like a, a huge name uh, like somebody that demands a lot of attention you know from defenses whatever it may be um, it's it's one of the more easily replaceable you know QBs very hard to replace into the whole offense running backs very hard to replace you know especially really good ones that can find the holes um, like I did on your mom and, and you know just just hit the gaps and, and things like that uh, offensive linemen I would argue we're probably the most difficult positions to replace. Um, you know, the, you have all these complex blocking schemes when you get to college and, you know, depending on if these guys were the, the guys replacing, you know, last year's starters sat behind them and at least know what they're doing. Um, you know, it, it can make for a, a long year. Um, let's see. I'm going at app state as well. Uh, who do you have for your most improved team this year? Uh, most improved, I went with Troy. Uh, they went five and seven in their 2021 campaign. Um, they have a loaded defense, nine out of 11 returning offensive starters. Um, yes, they have a new head coach, um, but not only did he work under the previous head coach in the past, uh, but he also has experience in the SEC. I think that should be enough to take those five wins to maybe eight, nine, maybe even 10 if they put a good, you know, get good chemistry early on. But I'm definitely thinking eight or nine. Yeah, um, the, the team I picked, I don't think will necessarily improve in record a whole lot, uh, but I see them as a team that can challenge for the, the conference title this year, and that's Georgia State. Uh, they had a really great uh, finish to the season last year. They won seven of eight games. The one game they lost was to the eventual conference champion in Louisiana. Um, so, I mean, a great team there. They're returning a lot of players, uh, 15 starters, uh, and, and their top QB with a two-headed monster in the backfield. Uh, with four offensive linemen returning, like I just said, that's that's probably the hardest position to replace, and they only have to replace one guy this year. Um, so I, I, like I said, I don't see Georgia State like winning, like you're, you know, going 12 and 0, 13 or whatever. But I can definitely see that as a team that gets to the conference championship game this year and, and you know possibly wins it. Um, Slade's most improved team, he goes with Texas State because Texas is back. Texas is back, baby. <laughs> uh, Moving on, who do you have as your most declined team this year? Uh, yeah, so this was actually the one conference that we did at all of these that I really couldn't, like, as I'm looking at what their records were last year, the top four, um, or the projected top four, I should say, I feel like are all going to have pretty similar seasons other than, you know, maybe adding a couple wins. Um, and outside of the top four, a lot of the teams are like one, two, three win teams. So it's kind of hard to go down from that. Um, so I, I couldn't really sit there and pick one out uh, out of this conference. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Uh, Slade puts Louisiana, uh, and in parentheses, he just puts Florida State. Uh, they do play Florida State towards the end of the year this year, uh, but Florida State fucking sucks. Um, so I don't see that as, as a game that's going to give them issues. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. But I do I do definitely see how Louisiana can struggle this year. Uh, they lose their head coach, um, and, uh, you know, I want to say a decent amount of starters too. Uh, so that's definitely a team I can see. One, I see them reloading, but two, I can definitely see where, where there's going to be some struggles in their season. Uh, I actually went against you. I went with Coastal Carolina. 
Um, like you said, they did lose a lot of their starters, but they, I, I do understand they have a lot of key pieces coming back. Um, but I think with just losing with just your QB, what is it? Um, and, and two offensive linemen coming back, excuse me. So your QB and two offensive linemen come back, a rotating backfield. I, I think they still get bowl eligible, but I just think, especially towards the end of the season, they're, they're, they might tail off a little bit. That are, It's going to be one of two things for me, that, and that's why I have them um, as the most declined team. It's, it's going to be a struggle to get the season started, and then towards the end of the year they pick it up, or you know, they, they have a great start to the season towards the end of the year they kind of drop off like they did last year, but a little bit more drastically. Uh, so that's why I have them as my most declined team. Um, moving on, the last thing with the group of five, excuse me, is who do you think is going to be this year's Cinderella story? Uh, it seems like every year there's a team that makes a deep run, can kind of get their name in the playoff contention. Uh, Cincinnati has been that team the last two years. Um, it, do you have Cincinnati again? Do you have a different team sneaking in there uh, for the, the, if not playoff contention necessarily, uh, like New Year's Six contention? Yeah, so uh, I don't mean to be that cold-hearted guy um, or the Debbie Downer here, but I, I, I don't think that we have a Cinderella story out of the, the um, Super 5 this year. Um, and I don't want to hate on any of the teams. There's definitely some talented teams that I think if they can put an undefeated season together um, that they, you know, might be in talks. But I kind of think that the, the playoff committee might have learned from last year. We had all those years where they – you know, everybody begged for them to let UCF in, and they didn't do it. And then Cincinnati finally gets in. They play Alabama first round. And while it wasn't necessarily the ugliest game I've ever seen in my life, um, it, it kind of showed that uh, they tried to hang around for a little bit, but Alabama is Alabama, and Alabama wasn't even the national champions last year. Um, so I think that they're going to be very skeptical about putting another team um, that – maybe has shown that they deserve to be in you know i i just think that they're going to look at the teams and be like okay people want this team in this team kind of looks like cincinnati did last year but we see what happened when cincinnati got in so i I think they're going to be very afraid of putting another team like that to be fair i definitely see like what you're talking about and like cincinnati could have played better put it more of a fight whatever but same time Georgia thumped the shit out of Michigan. And, like, yeah. I mean, we, we've had that the last few years. I mean, Ohio State trounced Clemson, what was it, two years ago or something. So, like, as much as I love the playoffs, and I think they, they definitely added – and we have had a few games where it's been, like, you know, I think back, you know, the Oregon-Florida State game was great up until, like, midway through the third quarter and Florida State just shit to bed. Uh, you had that Ohio State-Alabama game, again, first year of the playoffs, great game. Uh, Georgia, Oklahoma, uh, I think it may have been the year after, a couple years after, uh, where it went to double overtime. There have definitely been great games in the playoffs, but there's also been a lot of blowouts. Like Alabama thumped the shit out of Washington the one year. Uh, they, they thumped Notre Dame. Um, Clemson thumped Notre Dame. Uh, so, what? Shit, I didn't do it. Um, well, like, I, I do agree. No, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I just want to make sure that, like, I, I don't necessarily feel that way, just knowing how the, the playoff committee. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. That's like, that's exactly how they're going to think, that they're yeah. going to look at it and be like, well, these teams are – but at the same time, it's like you could – I can pull up these receipts of, like, listen, here are power five teams that made the playoffs yeah. and hit the bed. 
And so, like, well, the I said, like, I, I 100% agree with you. And I, that is how the committee is going to look at it and be like, hey, listen, we let somebody in and they got their asses blown okay. out. It's like, okay, Michigan got blown out literally later that night. So, like, yeah, you got to pick and choose your battles. But, yeah, I definitely agree with you. That's how they're going to look at it. Um, I don't see anybody making the playoffs this year, but I definitely – I can see a, a team making a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, I have three teams, which is kind of cheating. Um, my, my first two is, is going to be whoever wins the American conference. Uh, and I know I picked Houston, but I can definitely see a, a scenario, especially with an early season win at an sec school, uh, from Cincinnati, where if they, they end up running the table and, uh, you know, they, they win their conference, they can definitely easily get into a new year's six game on the flip side. Uh, you have, uh, excuse me. I can't think of their name now. Houston. Uh, um, they play, I, I believe they play TCU as well. Um, but they, they definitely have a stacked schedule as well. So whereas if they run the table, they win the conference championship, they can definitely, I say, easily get into a new year's six game. Um, the other one I have in there is uh, Northern Illinois. I think like we talked about, they're returning a lot of great players this year. This is a team that surprised a lot of people and won the Mac last year. I think very capable of possibly running the table this year and, you know, being led into a New Year's Six game. Uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, Slate's pick, uh, he went with Cincinnati, uh, understandably. So that will cover our uh, first iteration of the season preview for college football. Again, we'll be back next week uh, with the SEC, or excuse me, I'm already fucking that up. The ACC is next week. Uh, I can't even get the alphabet right anymore. <laughs> um, the last thing uh, that we're going to do is we're going to do the top five real quick. Uh, Slade and Nick just didn't feel like fucking doing it this week. Uh, I'm the only one that could read the notes I wrote. I guess George said he put the, put him in the notes. I did. I, neither Slade or I. Anyway, uh, so well, okay. Here's what here's what we're gonna do then. I'm gonna list the top five games, um, that are that are in the the group of five conference this year, um, and then Nick and I are gonna do our own top five to, just to make him happy that he feels included. Uh, anyway, uh, my top five games from group of five conferences this year. These are just teams that are group of five. Uh, I only have three conference games per se on here. Uh, number five, Boise State at Air Force. Uh, I think that's going to decide their division in the Mountain West uh, and, and who goes to the Mountain West uh, championship game. I want to wait and see. Uh, I have Toledo at Northern Illinois. Again, a game that's going to decide, you know, the division within their conference to see who's going to And that's week one too, I believe, right? I, I I want to say that that's week one game. No, I believe it said October. I think it was October was it? 8th. Yeah. I thought one of those in the – maybe it wasn't Toledo yeah. I'm thinking of. Um, one of them had a week one game that could decide it. Yeah. Uh, my number three game is App State at Coastal Carolina. Uh, both of them, every time they play, is it's always a great game. Uh, last year, I want to say it was an overtime game. Uh, finally snapped Coastal Carolina's winning streak. Um, number two, I have TCU at SMU, um, you know, SMU's coach, uh, Sonny leaves, he goes to TCU. So now he's returning home. Um, and so that'll be a great game to watch. And number one, I've mentioned a few times so far on this podcast, uh, we have Cincinnati at Arkansas. That is week one. Um, and that's gonna be a great game. I can't wait to see that. All right. Just so Nick can feel included here. Um, 
and Slade's missing it. We're going to do our top five carnival foods just because I'm honestly getting a little bit hungry right now. So, Nick, I'll let you go first. Just off the head, what do you got? Yeah, this is tough. Um, five, I got to go. Five, I got to go fries because they're basic, okay. but they fucking slap. Oh, my God, you spr- spritz a little vinegar on there, some Old Bay. Oh, mm. vinegar and Old Bay all the fucking way. But, mm. um, Chef's kiss. Mwah. Uh, number four. Number four, I gotta go snow cone. Okay. Because there, as you think of a carnivore fair, like it's usually in the summertime, it's nice and cooling. Um, number three, I hmm, do I want to put this number three? Number three, I'm gonna go cotton candy. Okay. Um, fucking cotton candy. I don't need to explain it. Number two, what I was gonna put number three, but it's honestly one of my favorite snacks of all time, kettle corn. I love me some fucking kettle corn. Love the mm. shit. And number one, uh, I got to go with funnel cake. Okay. Uh, Listen, if you didn't have funnel cake at number one, we were going to have issues. Yeah. Uh, you can't go wrong. First of all, it's uh, yeah. great with just the powdered sugar. And then oh. some places add fucking strawberries and blueberries and whatever other My fucking God. I love adding chocolate uh, syrup. Yeah, chocolate. You drizzle a little chocolate syrup on there. It's... Mm. Mm. I could slap that on your mom. Uh, no, I can't say that. It's my aunt. I can't say that. That's yeah. a little wrong. Um... Number five, I'm going to put snow cones slash ice cream. Um, it's always like the homemade stands that, that do the oh, best, and I love it. Yeah, you can um, throw ice cream in my snow cones, too. Yeah. Uh, number four, I'm going to put deep-fried Oreos. Uh, I would do this higher, but my, my next two, uh, I, I have very top See, I, I thought about it, because deep-fried Oreos fucking slap, but, like, I like Oreos, but I'm one of those people, like, I can only eat, like, if I ate, like, oreos and milk i can only mm-hmm. eat like maybe four or five oreos just something about the flavor of oreos i just can't sit there and like indulge yeah. in them so deep fried oreos if i'm eating like six of them by the time i get to that sixth one i'm yeah that's where i'm fatter than you if i eat all six and i'm ready to go get like 20 more yeah um that's i mean especially like if they were like some deep fried chips ahoy chunkies i could probably fucking yeah you know down a good 30 up yeah. but. like so like my favorite like it's not technically carnival, but like if you go to Rudders, Rudders mm-hmm. has deep fried Oreos. Yeah. Um, they give you like a little cup of chocolate sauce with it. Yeah. Oh that is. That, if more yeah. carnivals did that, chocolate sauce. Yeah. I, I can I can down a few. Or if you give me a glass of milk, I'll sit there and I'll I'll yeah. eat you out of deep fried Oreos. Um, do what? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> Bend over, big boy. Ooh. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with regular popcorn. I'm not a kettle corn guy. Not a huge like I, I'll eat it but I'm not like the biggest fan. And for me, like if, if I eat, like for me, when I'm even, whether it's kettle corn or popcorn, if I'll, I'll just keep shoving my face and if I eat way too much sugar, it, it hurts. Uh, so that's, I like going regular popcorn because I, I can drown the whole bag and I'm, I'm good to go get on some rides. Um, number two is whenever they do like the, like the dinner nights, like New, New Oxford always had like the, the inside the fire hall or whatever, but it's chicken and waffles night. I love chicken over gravy, or excuse me, chicken over waffles, smothering gravy. It's just with mashed potatoes on the side. Oh my god! You know what's another thing that I feel like every time I've tried it at a carnival or fair, it's been fucking busting. Chicken corn soup. Yes. Yeah. Every single time, bro. Carnivals do not yeah. miss with the chicken no. corn soup. I mean, those firefighters have nothing to do all day until they go yeah. on a call. So I mean, That's they sit there and just make food all the time. Yeah. Um, but number one is is yeah by far funnel cake. Um. I tried buying it from a store one time, like the pre-made ones that you're supposed to like deep fry yourself. It went horribly wrong. Um, the carnival is really the only place I can do it right. 
like yeah. there's fairs and stuff that obviously do it, but like carnival is like the best place. You're walking around a hot summer night. You don't care. Uh, you just want to go listen to the little kids scream as they you know ride their first ride ever or whatever, and just get sticky and white stuff all over your fingers. Uh, and then when you're going home, you look like a coke addict because it's all underneath your nose. Oh yeah, um, just because it was just piled it into your face. Um, funnel cake is by far the best thing ever. Yeah. So, well, that will do it for our show this week. Uh, we had a lot of fun bringing this to you. Uh, we missed Slade, uh, but hopefully he'll be back Maybe. next week. Oh, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get him to elaborate on his picks a little bit. Um, yeah, just because I mean, yeah. Like seventy five percent of them. Now. I'm sure he knew, but oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure if we gave him a chance, he like he's he's one of those guys where he writes a word down, and he looks at it, and like 30 words like just come out of his mouth. Yeah, he's got a full paragraph ready. He's like, yeah, yeah. this is back, baby. Yeah. Um. <laughs> unfortunately, they're not. Uh. But anyway, uh, super excited. So next week we will have the ACC uh season preview for you guys. I believe it's either I think it's two weeks we start the NFL previews then. Um. So we're excited to start that as well. Uh, we'll talk about the 3M Open a little bit. We'll talk some NASCAR, some IndyCar. I think Formula One's off this week. Can't remember. Anyway, uh, we'll have a full show for you guys next week, and we're excited to bring it to you. Uh, and hopefully all three of us can uh, get our technical shit figured out, and all three of us can be here at, uh, at, the, at the proper time. Um, nonetheless, go check out our Twitter, our TikTok, and follow us there, and we will see you guys next week. See you guys. Thank you.